Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. Uh, today we have a special guest, Christopher Lolly. He is one of my favorite YouTubers to watch because I love the iPad, but I don't use it as much as I should. And so you are one of my inspirations to like your productivity videos, uh, your iPad setup videos. Those are my favorite types of things to watch. And so uh, I'm excited to have you on, pick your brain. Um, obviously, we have Hartley. He's here every week. I can't forget about you, but I, I do want to call you out. You are here. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about the iPad because we have Chris. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here and chat about the iPad. Um, let's jump right into, we have we do a couple of stories before we get into our main topic, which again is going to be iPads, like future. So next year is where the good iPads are potentially coming. Um, but also iPad OS 17, which should be here in what, like two months? What month are we in? We're yeah. about to be in April. Month. So April, May, yeah. June. Like, yeah, two, like three months. Bye-bye. I'm like, yeah, so. pretty soon. Um, yeah. But after that, in September, we have a new iPhone, and there's some leaks constantly happening with the iPhone 15. But just recently, we found out that the volume button and the mute button are going to be potentially unified. So no longer are we going to have the alert switcher, according to this leak. Um, the alert switch. What do we call that? It's not a slider. It's a switch. The alert well, switch. It would be, it would, it's the buttons. The two volume buttons would be unified. And then the mute oh, right, switch right, right. would become a mute button separately. Right. That's where I... Yeah. So the volume button is... It's going to be like a volume rocker. Um, I don't want anyone right. to get confused that this is all going to be one button. <laughs> I was just kind of getting ahead of myself. I'm more interested in the mute button because I know people love like the alert switch. Um, and even companies like OnePlus, this, we're really only one of the major like Android manufacturers to copy that sort of. They made like an alert slider and then they took it away for one phone last year and people lost their minds. And so they brought it back. Um, and so I am curious to see if the same reaction would happen with, you know, iPhone users. It's been there since the beginning. So Chris, you're our guest. What do you think about the unified volume button and then the mute button instead of a mute switch? So anytime Apple has done one of these, like, we're going to fake a button, like the magic trackpad or, uh, the, the home button on like the iPhone seven and eight, um, People have always freaked out, but then they like them because they're actually yeah. really good. Like I love the Magic Trackpad. I think it's I think it's a great uh, great device. It's what I use. I actually have two of them because that's a long story. Um, so wait, I'm wait wait wait, wait hold on hold on hold on. You have two of them. That's not that that's not that like unordinary. But do you use two of them at the same time? No, I have okay. one paired with my MacBook and one paired with my iPad because they refuse to do multi-device pairing. So Okay, well, that's that's totally fine. But all right, yeah. continue, continue. Yeah, 
Um, so I I really like whenever they do like the fake button. I don't I don't know what they're called. The like I'm just gonna call them fake buttons, whatever. Uh, so I genuinely like it. I saw some people on Mastodon talking about this the other day, and I, it kind of clicked in my head too that with this there wouldn't be a physical yes this toggle is on yes this toggle is off with the mute switch so you'd be able to do things and use it with like apps like shortcuts and be like hey i could tie this into a focus so like if i set my focus to be a meeting uh automatically have my phone mute so i don't have to remember to mute mute it uh so i thought that's kind of cool the unified volume buttons i'm sure they'll just work just like how you know they work now though it's one button but depending on where you press it just like how there's right click and left click on the magic trackpad where you press it it'll do volume up volume down um what i would be really curious about is if you can reprogram the mute switch button to be something like the action button on the apple watch ultra where like hey instead of muting it because for me i just leave my phone muted all the time i never want it to ring um if my phone's making noise something has gone wrong uh so I would love to be able to program like, hey, when I hit this button, let me open the camera or let me uh, run a shortcut or something like that. Like that would be really cool. I'm guessing that's not going to yeah, happen. I think <laughs> no, it's probably not, but that's what I want. So Harley, you, I, I you, you're going to say I the think same, it's not right? unlikely. No, what? I think it's not unlikely because I think that the, the challenge that Apple's got here is they are effectively removing a feature that people are very used to. And if you're removing it, you have to be able to provide a justification. Um, and it was hard enough for them to justify removing the headphone jack, but Courage. those justifications were there with things like uh, the, what, what did they say? It was um, uh, for the Taptic engine to make internal space for it. But there was also stuff like uh, waterproofing and you know, more space battery. Or, they, give you, they give you reasons. But they've got to give some sort of functionality to justify doing this. And I think if they can say, this is the iPhone's action button, then that gives it a unique selling point. Um, otherwise, if they're just, what's, what's it for otherwise? Why do it? Why why remove the buttons? Why, why do it in this way? I don't understand. It's got to have a some sort of feature to go with it. Do you know what I'm concerned about? I'm concerned about accidental screenshots. Is this going to make it better or is this going to make it worse? Because I'm, I still pick up my phone and take a screenshot at least like once a day. And that's sad because it's been like this for how many years? I still haven't figured out a way to like stop doing that. I, I would okay, maybe not once a day, but it's it's gotten a little bit better. But I still think it's incredibly easy to get an accidental screenshot going. And now with like buttons that are not physically being pressed in, does that make it easier when you grab it? I don't know. Uh, I I think it'll it'll probably end up working itself out somehow. I'm not too concerned about it. I don't feel like I take that many accidental screenshots anymore. I think I've I've gotten used to like, hey, don't grab the iPhone from this corner now. So it's a it's a me thing. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Har Har Hartley's like, yeah, dude, it's you. Well, what about what about when you uh, when you have to restart your phone? Don't you have to like what What about if your phone's off and you want to boot up into some sort of you know recovery mode you have to hold down one of the volume buttons how's that going to work um is it i guess the does the trackpad work when it's off no it's like a no it, okay. it, the, in fact like you can't even click it like it doesn't give yeah you right it's just haptics so i don't know there might be like it just like kind of like how the iphone doesn't really completely turn off when you turn it off now like it still has like the find my stuff on maybe like the buttons are still powered 
Um, I, but then if they lock up, who knows? I mean, just make, just make the side key, the power button again and make it a long press and then move Siri over to that mute button and make that a long press. Cause we're not long pressing the mute button, right? Yeah. Or just, well, you know, like you said, maybe we will be customizing it. Right. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's a way, but I'm sure it'll be some weird thing that we're all just going to have to learn and get over. Mm, let's see our next topic unless you guys have more uh more more to say on this new volume button and mute button uh discovery no i just want it programmable yeah i yeah, just me too. apple and programmable just doesn't it, it hasn't happened i mean maybe they did it with the action button though they did but it. not They've really that's, not that's my not device. but not really because you can only choose from a list of like four things so i mean well, yeah, but you can do it, you with, can the do shortcut. Shortcut. You can do it with the shortcut. You can do make it do whatever you want. And listen, you guys are both big shortcut guys. I know Chris is a really big shortcut guy. But how yeah. many of the general population that owns an iPhone or an Apple Watch are programming shortcuts to do that? Hmm. I'm curious. I I, I'm not trying to downplay think... our audience. I think people are smarter than you know we all sometimes assume that they are. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of people out there that download shortcuts, whether it's from like people's websites um, or people that have made it, whether it's Reddit or YouTube or whatever. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that are downloading shortcuts, not necessarily making their own, but are using it. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't think the number's astronomical. Like, I don't think it's like no. 90% of iPhone users, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, 20% it, or something like that. It would definitely be way more useful to me to do shortcuts on an iPhone than the Apple Watch. I would definitely be on board with that. The Apple Watch action button, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna laugh at me. I turned that off because I was having oh, accidental damn. presses there too. And I just didn't see it useful. Damn. Yeah. What, what, how do you guys use oh. it? What shortcuts do you use? I don't have an Ultra. Uh, I, I've literally have bought, I. I, I went to buy one three well, different <laughs> times and I just was like, I can't justify this price. Like, there's nothing it can do that I would take. I'm not a sporty person. Sure, I don't, neither I am don't, I. I. I don't like jump off mountains into scuba diving gear or something like that. I, you know, I'm not that kind of person, but I, uh, I, I do want that action button, and I like the way it works, looks. But uh, I, I'm good for another year, so we'll see. Hartley, you're over it's here judging me. The Apple Watch Ultra is too big. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am judging you because that's it's it's probably this one of the single best features on the Apple Watch Ultra. It's there to be used, like and and for me, it's the thing that pulls me to the Ultra is singularly the action button. I would almost put up with a watch that big just for the action button. No, the um, only the only reason why everyone should buy an Ultra is because the battery life is incredible. Okay, that's 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 probably the other yes. major feature. I'll I'll give you that one. Um, but for, to me, what I would love to do is to be able to set up a shortcut that would automate a different thing at a different time of day, depending on when I do it. So whether it's in the evening or in the morning or the afternoon, so I can get three different shortcuts out of it potentially, and maybe I can. Uh, start a 25-minute timer for a Pomodoro during the day, uh, during the morning, run my, you know, my morning shortcut in the evening, maybe play some music. Um, that would That's a way of getting a lot of functionality out of the action button. I think it's got loads of versatility. Bring it to the normal Apple Watch. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I just got to use it more. I got to figure out a thing in my life that I need to automate and just use it on my watch. I got to figure that out. What what do I use my phone for on a daily basis that I could like speed up the process? But as of right now, I've just been turning that off because I did have it on a shortcut when I was testing it and it was like a random shortcut. It just picked a random one in my list and it was something to do with opening up Twitter. So I kept getting Twitter like alerted on my shortcut. I'm like, I don't even think you could do that. I don't know. It was annoying. Hey guys, just wanted to take a quick break to let you know that this episode of the Mac Rumor Show is sponsored by HelloFresh. With the cost of groceries going up and up, now is the perfect time to get started with HelloFresh. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. And HelloFresh also knows that you're busy, which is why it takes care of the meal planning and prepping, freeing up extra time in your schedule. And honestly, planning what you're going to eat for the week and grocery shopping around that is one of the biggest pains about trying to cook your own food at home and not going to get takeout every five seconds. With pre-portioned ingredients, foolproof recipes, and convenient doorstep delivery, HelloFresh just makes it so much easier to get dinner on the table, and delicious dinner at that. I've actually been a HelloFresh subscriber in the past and absolutely love it. The meals are honestly pretty incredible. We actually just recently had a hoisin glazed pork tenderloin and meatloaf sandwiches, which, yes, I never thought about putting meatloaf on bread with some incredible sauce, but it was all really good. I'm also a huge Asian food fan, and a lot of the Asian-inspired dishes are so good. I would say it's very rare to pick a meal from the list and not end up being just so impressed with how good it is and so impressed with yourself. It really makes you feel like quite the chef after you make a meal. So go to HelloFresh.com Mac60 and use the code Mac60 for 60% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com Mac60. And again, use that promo code Mac60 for 60% off and start enjoying HelloFresh today. America's number one meal kit. All right, but we do have more iPhone 15 news and that this headline makes me laugh. It's going to make the iPhone 15 Pro Max could break the record for thinnest bezels on a smartphone. Yeah, let that huh. sink in. Let that sink in. I I don't care about bezels. I really don't. <laughs> every every time like so, like I get like a like if I make a video about the iPhone, I always get comments about like, oh, but this Android phone has no bezels, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care. It's cool, fine, whatever. The Xiaomi 13, man, it actually look nice. It, I was gonna say, I, I do have that phone. It does look for you. Do your eyes do go like directly to that screen, and you're like, okay, like I, I like it. It's quite unApple like, really. To be able to 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 tout that if they if they stand there at the keynote and say this is the thinnest bezels on a smartphone, considering how many years they stuck with the big fat chin and uh, and forehead on on the iPhone you know seven eight uh, and and still really with the iPhone SE, um, it just would be strange to hear them thinking in terms of bezels. It really seems like something that's never really bothered them too much. Well, they're already pretty small to begin with, so I mean it's just like. How much smaller can you get? What a big get? reduction, though. Yeah. This year, it's quite normal compared to, like, last year was a bezel reduction. I don't think you could really tell in person, most people. As long as the display remains flat, I am totally fine. Yeah. It's Wait. not remaining flat, though. What do you mean? It's curving at the edges. What? That's the rumor. Like the Apple Watch. No, don't do that. 
No, don't do that. No, please. Only no. very slightly. I missed that detail. Slightly is still not okay. Uh, keep the keep the display flat. Make our displays flat again. Is the campaign look, I'm running look. with? The globe is, is 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 the world is a globe, but the iPhone should be flat. I'm a All flat phones. iPhoneer. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm a flat iPhoneer. Um, unless unless they start doing folding phones, which I very much want a folding iPhone. You can still keep it flat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once yeah. it's open, but you know. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if they need to do something I, weird I, with that, I would I would excuse that. I think best of both worlds. You have the you have the front flat and you have the back curved. I think that's the best balance of form and function. Yeah, like the so we're so you want to go back to the ele- you want to go back to the eleven. Not the eleven. It would be like the iPhone five C, like that shape. Well, I meant like I the back. Fantastic. The back. Oh yeah, yeah, the back, but um, not not the front. Uh, no, 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 I don't, I don't like it. But uh... it's it, this is a kind of weird hybrid design where you get a sort of curved back um, and slightly curved front, but you still got the flat sides. So the only flat thing is really the sides. It's just sort of pushing the corner radius out on a on a curved iPhone. You're right. The iPhone five C in premium materials would be cool. It's a nice, it's it's good hand feel. It's like the uh, it's like the MacBook Pros. It's that kind mm-hmm. of shape. I'd be mm. about that. Uh, and then our last um, little story that we had here is that the HomePod that we were super excited about, the rumored HomePod with the screen on it, that's now delayed until next year at the earliest, which, I mean, why why even bring it up? Why even bring it up? Why get us excited about it? Because <laughs> you know? they know how much I well, love the HomePod. <laughs> I would say you're a big HomePod fan. Would you have been super into one with like a display, kind of like Google Home style or the Nest yeah. Hub, whatever they call them? Absolutely. I would put one in my office in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. um, I love the idea of like having a little like essentially something that's like an iPad that show can show the widgets, like the iOS, iPadOS style widgets, you know, let me see my task manager. Let me see my calendar. Let me see the weather and all that stuff right there while playing music and all that stuff from an always on device that that would be fantastic. I've tried doing that with like a, uh, an I like an extra iPad I had laying around in the house. Like I plugged it into speakers and like, Oh, here's some widgets and stuff. But the thing that always freaked me out was leaving something with a battery constantly plugged in. And I'm like, how long until that thing expands and, you know, maybe yep. catches fire? I would have the same People concern. do try it, though, for home automation, don't they? People do genuinely mm-hmm. you know, stick an iPad to their wall. But that's the thing that always worries me. Because you can pick up an old iPad for, for cheap. You know, I've wondered when I have an old iPad, is that something I should do with it? But, yeah, you really need a dedicated device, I think. Yeah, you, you need something that doesn't have a battery in it. And I've like I've kind of tinkered with the idea of taking like I have like an old like it's like a seventh or eighth gen iPad, just like the generic one. Uh, and I was like, I wonder if you could take the battery out of this and still like plug it into power and like it remain on. But I, I'm not knowledgeable enough to, to do that without completely breaking it. So Kevin, that'd be a cool project. I'd be interested to see if that was possible. Kevin Neither, Kevin the Tech Ninja, for those of you who watch him on YouTube, um, he has done that. I know he's told me about oh. that a few times. He had an iPad Mini, I want to say, and like has had it, you know, hooked up to his wall and like, like fully done, embedded. 
Um, I, I I don't think he's had any fires happen, but I don't know if he's still running that consistently. It's been a few years, if so. Um, but yeah, that would be concerning on my end as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The just yeah. The I, it scares me, like, cause I would be like, I know it would happen when I'm not home, and you can't do anything about it. And I would get a notification from the the camera in my office, be like, oh hey, my house is on fire. <laughs> Your house is on fire. You should come yeah. home or don't. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of things that might be on fire, the iPad Pro. <laughs> Good segue. Mm. Um, and iPad OS 17 for that matter. Uh, so we all know that the headset is kind of ruining other software advances this year uh, because all of the resources are kind of being pulled into that. Um, so just like iOS 17, iPad OS 17, we're not really expecting a whole lot. But so maybe we can kind of turn this into our wish list. Like, what would you like to see? Maybe let's start with your, like, biggest thing that you're hoping that would be the most obtainable. So not, like, you know, a crazy feature, but what do you think's like, the most reasonable action item that Apple can check off its list uh, for iPadOS 17 that you hope happens in the next Stage manager fixes. Okay. Just stage manager fixes. Specifically like it, what? Uh, okay, so I got a few things, but I don't think they're anything too wild. Okay. So the first thing is they need to lose the four window limit. That's that's just killer. Whenever like if you have four, not even four apps, four windows, because if you have four apps open and one of those apps is mail and you hit command N to compose a new email, it's going to kick one of those windows out. So just lose it. It's not a memory thing. Come on. we It's it's clearly like it's just a limit. It's an artificial limitation. Um open apps up into the current space. So one of my biggest gripes about stage manager is when I open an app, it creates a new stage. And it's just, it's it's so annoying because I feel like I'm spending more time managing these stages to get apps into the places that I want uh, than actually using the apps. It, it's something that has just driven me wild uh, since WWDC last year. Uh, get rid of the snap to grid and sizing for Windows. Uh, one of the things that I, I just don't quite get why they chose to do this is instead of having freely movable windows, the windows snap to certain positions. Uh, unless you have, and this is the weirdest thing, unless you have an app in the foreground and two apps behind it, you can then drag an app horizontally, not vertically, but just horizontally wherever you want. Super weird. I don't know why that's there. And then there's the, uh, when you resize a window, they go to certain uh, sizes. And I know that's like the like the size classes of the app. But the thing that I don't quite get is if it's the same iPad app running on Mac OS, it doesn't do that. So why not like kind of make those iPad apps also resize it, like fully resizable on the iPad that the resize window is is a lot less of a pain point than the freely movable part but i kind of think they go hand in hand um and then keyboard shortcuts for managing stage manager uh you know adding apps to stage to the stage moving uh apps around like pushing apps to the side things like that and shortcuts actions uh there's shortcut actions on the mac for managing multitasking but there isn't any on the ipad uh, so those those are like my big ticket items for like do this stage manager will be fixed and I will stop complaining about it. I promise Apple. I I, I think like that it. addresses all the key areas. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's actually kind of surprising that particularly with the stuff, um, you know, some of what you mentioned there, Chris, is so fundamental and came up in the beta testing process, particularly about opening an app in a stage. I mean, to me, that's that's the single biggest one, really, because it's just it seems insane to me that that is that it, if you if you move from a Mac to an iPad and you tap something or you open something up, you expect it to open up in the current stage. That is what we have learned from windowing systems for decades at this point. Um, mm -hmm. really strange that that's not the case. Um, and I think given the bad reception of Stage Manager last year, because it was a really bumpy ride. I mean, people loved the idea initially, I think, of having window management on iPad. I think we were so grateful to have it. Um, but I think that goodwill was quickly uh, quickly evaporated. So uh, yeah, I think this year that's very likely that we maybe will see something about that. Um, WWDC last year was my first Apple event I ever got invited to. Uh, during the keynote, I was ecstatic. I was just absolutely like smile, grin, ear to ear, super excited. Got back to the hotel room, installed the beta, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and, and you know, it was very early on. So I'm like, okay, they, they have time to fix this. Like this is early in the beta. And then it just kept going and nothing was getting fixed. Nothing, nothing. And then they did the thing where they brought Stage Manager to the 2018 and 2020 iPad Pros. And it was kind of clear, at least to me, you know, I don't know anything, but it was clear to me that instead of focusing on fixing Stage Manager, they focused on uh, the performance of Stage Manager so they could bring it to those older iPads. And it was just like, uh, I kind of wish you would have fixed it first and then brought it to the older iPads. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they pinned down the concept. That's the thing. I think they they were unwilling to reconsider the fundamentals of the concept that they created. They were more interested in bug fixes ultimately. Because I remember just it was just crashing all the time. Oh, it, was it was the terrible. one of the buggiest features I've used in a beta for years. Um, so I mean, they, I, they even had them pull the some of that we features. Had, yeah, um, with the yeah. Uh, external, the external um, display. display support. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's odd when you consider that. The, the stage manager of the year before was the Safari redesign. And Apple was really communicative about that redesign um, and really took it back. It took in a lot of feedback and seriously iterated on the concept, not just the bugs, but the concept through the beta process. So really, I think it's it's make or break for stage manager this year. Please don't let this just be forgotten about. Yeah, that's that's the thing that worries me the most is that this year, you know, iPad, the iPad OS 17 segment will roll around and it'll just be like, hey, we brought uh, lock screen widgets to the iPad and crickets. Yeah. Well, that was going to be one of my not necessarily <laughs> sorry, <laughs> not necessarily sorry. <laughs> not necessarily lock screen widgets, but I'd be totally happy if we could just get like, I don't know widgets that we can interact with on the home screen and like be able to move them around and place them where we want. If you're not going to let us do it on the iPhone, at least let us do it on the iPad where there's a lot more surface area. To, and the way the, the widgets work with like the, or the way the, um, the icons are spaced out drives me absolutely mm -hmm. insane. Uh, and I, I would like some lock screen widgets, but you're right. Totally go for stage manager first because that's more important and not, you know, superficial like my well, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it bothers me. It does bother me. I have to admit, it, I know it's totally superficial, but when there was all that excitement last year about customizing your iOS 16 home screen and everyone was doing it um, and messing around with backgrounds and the new animations and um, even just the font uh, of, of the time and 
obviously the big one being widgets. Um, you know, I went to use my iPad and it, I can't even change the font of the time. Why? Why is there not this feature parity? It's, this, it's effectively the same OS. Um, so I think that just for the sake of consistency, if it's not as important as stage manager, um, it does need to be there. Those, those customization features, I, I would love, especially on an iPad to be able to just glance over at some lock screen widgets. Yeah. The lock uh, screen is just on, a giant waste of space without widgets or anything else. Yeah. It really is. Right. I mean, what are we doing with it? We're not doing anything. I, I will say, I don't think I. I don't look at the lock screen of my iPad like I look at the lock screen of my iPhone. Uh, like, I don't pick up my iPad to, like, see notifications and stuff. And maybe this is just different because of the way I use my iPad. But, like, I don't I don't grab it to see, you know, like, hey, what's going on in, like, my, you know, Mastodon mentions or whatever else comes to notifications that I can't think of, like, messages and stuff like that. Like, usually when I grab my iPad, I immediately just go to the home screen. So... While the lock screen stuff totally makes sense, like it should be there. It's not, I can see why it wasn't as big a priority to make it, you know, to last year. I'm sure it's something that was probably being worked on, or it's probably like they treated it like they treated uh, the customizable widgets, where like in iOS 15, they let you put widgets wherever on your iPhone, and then iOS 16 got that. So it's probably something like that. That was my guess too, is that they were just kind of, I feel like in advance, Apple knew that this was not going to be a, like a super great year for it. So they're like, well, we could do this now, or we can just kind of hold it off one more year like we did with widgets. Um, And so that's my theory. I also would kind of like, Hartley, you can jump into after this uh, and tell us yours, but I was sitting here thinking like, why, why can't we have multiple user profiles on an iPad still? Like, I get the one theory that would be like, well, that would hurt iPad sales because there'd be some sharing, but not really. Like, I feel like if you're going to get your kid an iPad, you're going to get your kid an iPad and, and having an extra profile isn't going to stop them. But it would have been nice to only have to bring one iPad with us somewhere uh, because my son, you know, for example, we were just on vacation. He has a switch and my, you know, if I could bring my iPad and have two different user profiles and he could borrow it and be able to, you know, that would have been helpful instead of having to bring two different devices for him just in case he wanted to switch. And I, I don't understand why we're still not there yet. And do you guys foresee that ever happening? Happening? No, but it yeah. should happen. Yeah, right? okay. I, it's so. I, I think Apple sees the iPad as a personal device. It would be like having user profiles on the iPhone or an Apple Watch. Like, I don't think Apple sees them as being shared devices, even though they are. Like, they they totally one hundred percent are. Um, like, uh, I I think about like my brother and sister in law. They just had a kid. Uh, well, not just had a kid. It was over a year ago. But they have basically like multiple pages of like hey this is zach stuff this is dominique stuff oh and this is all the baby stuff like all the monitoring stuff and things like that so like it it totally would absolutely make sense um you could kind of fake it till you make it with focus almost and just like hey have custom home screens but the problem with that is your data is still shared so like if if you know people are using reminders like it's only one icloud account and stuff like that so it should happen I don't know for sure, but I think there are user profile uh, capabilities with iPads that are set up for education. So there, are de- there, there definitely it. is. Um, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, 
it's there and yeah. i kind of wonder if it will slowly trickle in from that side if only slightly um even if it is just even if it's designed say around family sharing so it's not so much that a couple could share an ipad but maybe you could share an ipad with your kid and they would let you like move into kids mode on your ipad i can kind of see maybe they might let you do some things like that at some point but i agree full user sharing seems unlikely unfortunately i mean I, i'll settle for kids mode honestly yeah because that's probably where it would happen for me the most but i mean i don't know if my wife ever wants to jump on an ipad real quick and do something because she doesn't really use a computer a whole lot i mean you can family share on a computer if apple's gonna come out with an ad and say what's a computer well then you should make your (laughs) ipad be able to be shared and used in sort of one of the most basic functions and you're right you can do that in education my son has he has his own ipad still but the fact that they could log into other kids profiles um, and they do all that remotely too so that's kind of interesting i'm not even asking to go that far i just just system you know based is totally fine with me I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do it years ago when all those stories came out about my kids spent $20,000 on gyms and stuff like that and just like locked that down and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> all right, Hartley, what's your, what's your major one that is sort of obtainable uh, for iPadOS? Uh, my, my major one, I would say the most likely one uh, that I would really like to see would be a redesign of notifications for the iPad because it just seems utterly laughable to me that when I want to see my notifications on a 12.9 inch iPad, I have to take up the whole screen, the entire screen. Um, and it is just, and, and there aren't even widgets on it, um, as we was as we were saying. So it is just um, an iPhone experience with notifications. It, this is unchanged from basically the original iPad. Um, and it makes no sense because on the Mac, they don't expect you to do that. On the Mac, they know that it makes sense for these to emerge from the right-hand side of the screen. I mean, the notification sensor on the Mac isn't great, but it's clearly better. It clearly makes more sense um, that you can just you know, put your cursor up and you can just see a little, a little list view. It doesn't disrupt your experience. But if the iPad is supposed to be a more sort of focused and potentially more productive tool because it doesn't take you out of your work quite so much, it's a little bit less distracting. Um, at least that's how I feel about it. I feel like it's a more focused device. Why is it making me break my focus when I do need to check a notification? Um, yeah, and I think it just looks just looks silly. Oh, I completely agree. And I would also add uh, Control Center on top of that. Control Center takes up the whole screen whenever mm. you activate yeah, why that. Why does it even fade? It, it fades it everything else out, but why? The, it's there's three things that have always bugged me but you mentioned notification center control center and also folders folders take up the whole screen when you open them and i'm like why it doesn't make sense like they ipad os 14 they did that big big push of like rethinking a lot of the design elements of the ipad and using space appropriately and not taking up the whole screen uh and they just they kind of you know they went a little bit but they didn't go all the way and those three things have kind of remained and just drive me bonkers so if apple didn't do slide over like that would be the perfect thing right side for control center left side for notifications maybe and there you go you just swipe from each side and that's how you get to it and it's like a little like it kind of like not split screen but like a third of your screen kind of just gets taken over real quick bumps your app over and you just kind of have like a little dual experience going on and then you just move on 
I don't know. That that, that feels like a, a good compromise. I'd even settle. I'd settle for them keeping it all in the same place, but just mm -hmm. even with Control Center, which I, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about that, but it's absolutely right. Why is it when that, that is clearly in an isolated part of the display, it is fading out the whole of the screen? It, it, it's, it's, so, it's so silly when that, they could actually stop that fade where the menu ends um, or just mm -hmm. make it a little actual, uh, like a little uh, transparent pane that just drops down. Uh, yeah. It really is very, very odd. Uh, so that's why I don't think it's too unlikely because it is so clearly ridiculous. The notification center was clearly just a direct copy from iOS and they're just like, we'll figure that out later. Um, and obviously so is control center, but like notification center absolutely does not belong on an iPad, at least in its current form where you're just completely losing everything that you're doing and now looking at your lock screen. I don't even really like it on iOS, but it makes way more sense uh, because it's a smaller device, but... I don't know. It's just kind of laziness, in my opinion. Do you have any others? Any other I, top wishes for Oh, I'm sure he's got plenty. I have, I have a ton, but I have one that I've been asking for since 2015. And at this point, like I kind of gave up on it last year, but I'm still going to throw it in there. Final Cut. I want Final Cut. Oh, you, I me, I want every Final single Cut one of us. and Logic. Um. I started editing video on the iPad in 2016 with LumaFusion. I uh, had some issues happen in late 2021 and just had to stop and ended up having to buy a MacBook Pro to edit video on. Um, I've tried DaVinci Resolve on the iPad. It's fine. It's very complex. It's very, very professional video editor, and it's much more than what I need from my silly YouTube videos. Um Final Cut is that perfect middle ground of like a professional video editor that has all the tools that I need. Um, and it and like the performance is really good. Like it outperforms, especially Premiere, but I, in my opinion, it outperforms Logic uh, just speed wise. Uh, and I'm like, why isn't it on the iPad? Why, why isn't it on the iPad Pro? You have this device that you're, you're touting the iPad Pro and uh, it just, it frustrates me. Uh, I thought last year was going to be the year, and I was very, very disappointed. Every year we think it's going to be the year. <laughs> I know. Every that's year true. We're, we're hopeful about that one. So yeah. I feel like this year so. could be the year, guys, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, listen, they, they were like front and center with the latest iPad for, um, you know, DaVinci Resolve and kind of pushing that whole thing you think apple's just gonna sit back while they have their own editor and just like keep pushing yeah. another brands i feel like it was a good way to be like hey m2 ipad pro like soon you're gonna be able to do you know it's so powerful that you can use this full version of davinci resolve a complex editor and then now it's it's wwdc like what better way to be like okay you know it's ipad pro you got iPad OS 17, and now we're bringing pro apps. And here are your pro applications Logic, Final Cut, and I don't know, Motion, I guess, maybe. Does anybody use Motion? Eh, I, I yeah. open it every once in a while. But I it, honestly, if they just brought Final Cut and Logic, it, yeah. I mean, I don't really use Logic, but I know a bunch of people that really still well, want Logic on the iPad. Well. Okay, X, sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, Xcode. I think Xcode should happen. I mean, they have Swift Playgrounds. Technically, you can write an app, and I'm using air quotes for the audio people, uh, write an app from start to finish on the iPad, but there are a ton of limitations for that. Xcode would be a huge get. I, I think... I think at one point in time, all that stuff was planned for the iPad when, you know, the Mac was not doing super well. But now that the Mac is back at its high point, I honestly wonder if that stuff will come to the iPad. So I agree, unfortunately. I think that, that yeah. I think that there was a moment maybe two, three years ago when it could have happened, especially like when we got the uh, Magic Keyboard. And we got the iPad Pro redesign all around those type of years when it really felt like, okay, they really are pushing this now. Um, but it, it's uh, the enthusiasm is just gone. And I feel like things like Stage Manager have really shaken people's faith um, in iPadOS as a platform. I mean, uh, a lot of creators that were really interested, I, I think you're one as well, Chris, that was really iPad focused, have looked mm -hmm. a lot more at the Mac lately because I think people have started to lose a bit of faith. And I think that... I don't think it's going to happen. I think that we've missed the window, basically, um, which is yeah. really sad because they need to put their money where their mouth is. You can't tell me it's a pro device if you won't bring your own pro apps to it. I used to work 100% from the iPad. I, at one point, I didn't even own a Mac. I did everything from the iPad, uh, I, including podcasting. Like I, I, And it was a big bunch of hoops you had to jump through in order to get that, but I did it. Um, but last year... Actually, it was like end of 2021 to 2022. It just broke me. And I'm just like, I love the iPad. I'm still going to use it for work, but I'm done trying to make it something that it's not. Uh, and and until, you know, Apple can get multitasking settled down, which I mean, multitasking on the iPad has been around since iOS 9. And we're still talking about how it's not quite right. Uh, until they can get multitasking settled down, until they can bring their pro apps, until they can do things like, um, like installing fonts is still a pain. I know Apple tried to fix that a couple years ago, but just bring font book to the iPad. Like yeah. that, like just make it like, you don't like Apple did a really great job with the cursor. This is, this is, I think was the high point of the iPad. Kind of like what you were saying that when they did the magic keyboard and they rethought how a cursor works on the iPad to like, Hey, this is a cursor, but it's also emulating a finger because this is a touch first device and all that stuff. I think that was the high point of the iPad. And then ever since then, I think they tried to get a little too clever and it just hasn't worked out. Let me ask you this um, with Final Cut. Would you, now that you are a Mac user and editing on Final Cut, would you see yourself then making a full switch? Or is it going to be more of a supplemental utility for when you're on the go? Or maybe you just don't want to be on, you know, sometimes you just don't want to use your Mac when you're working. You just pull out the old iPad and you're different environments, a little bit of a better footprint to travel with. Like, do you think you would actually make that change? Because I struggle with this and I don't know that I, even if I do get Final Cut, I don't know that it's not going to, I'm not going to abandon my Mac. Like I just yeah. probably not going to do that. I'd probably use it more as a supplement. But what about you? Since you used to work exclusively on your iPad. So for me, I think it would all come down to how much a Final Cut comes over. Is it, is it well, just for the sake of argument, we'll just say it's true one-to-one. -one. The full one-to-one. -one, it's the full app, no limitations. 
So I think what I would do is I, I don't think I could ever go back to just owning an iPad anymore, especially because I do a lot, like I install the beta profiles and stuff on my iPad. And now that I'm doing this full time, it's not just a side business. YouTube is my full time job. I, I need to have a stable machine. So my thought process for a while has been Final Cut comes to the iPad. And if it works perfectly, it does everything that I need it to do, I would go back to using the iPad full-time as my main computer. But I would probably buy something like the Mac Studio. And I know there's a rumor that there may not be another Mac Studio. So whatever, you know, closest Mac to a Mac Studio is at the time. Um, and just put that on my desk for big video projects. I have some videos I work on that are like, 30 40 minutes long they're really intensive on my computer um i would do big video projects on that but most video projects i would probably just do on my ipad and work from there and then when you know beta cycles and stuff comes around i would have the mac be my stable machine and have the ipad be running all the beta os stuff and do what i could on that but i've done enough betas to know like once you have an early beta of like iPad OS 16 or iPad OS 17 on there, like you're not going to be able to rely on that machine. So, um, so I, I would want to go back to it full time. It's just like a matter of like, I just need Apple to give me the tools so I can do that. Okay. I, I kind of feel the same way in the sense that I would probably just be more of a iPad person when on the go, as opposed to a MacBook pro. And then, you know, I have a Mac Studio here, so I'd probably just continue to use that. Although, man, the Mac Studio and its Bluetooth issues are still a pain that I can't... Oh, is still going on? Yeah. Well, at least for me, it yeah. is. I, you have... <laughs> once you start adding in a couple of Bluetooth devices, it's just forget about it. Like, I have a Bluetooth speaker, like desktop speakers, and, you know, keyboard, mouse... I think that's really it. And then once you start adding anything else, it's just like the speakers start cutting out. You put AirPods in, AirPods start cutting out. It's just, it's bad. Huh. And I don't know why. I, I used a MacBook Pro from this latest, latest generation. No problems. No issues. Same amount of devices. So I don't know. Hartley, would you start getting into video editing again if Final Cut came to the iPad? It probably would make me play around with it. Um, yeah. Because... It's been it's been years since I've I've really uh, I've done professional video editing at this point, um, and I think that if I was to jump fully back into Final Cut Pro on the Mac, I think I would feel out of my depth, and inevitably an iPad experience would be a little bit more focused. As I say, it would be a little bit. Uh, I feel like it could be a bit of a lighter reintroduction for me. Yeah, for sure. Into into video editing, so it would be it would be a good balance, I think. Um, and also, you know, if it's something like where you do want to learn a skill, like the iPad should be the device where you learn to code, where you learn to edit video. That's It's such a good device for that sort of thing. These apps need to be on there for that reason as much as any other. Yeah, totally, 100%. Uh, I, there's so many, like, uh, not to sound like an old person, but the kids these days, you know, they all have their iPads. Uh, and, like, it's the equivalent of, at least for me, like, having a... De desktop computer uh my dad worked in it when i was a kid uh and they had a wall of computer parts and i learned how to build a computer from that and you know do all that you know learned how a computer worked from that and it's you know while you're not going to build an ipad from scratch today i think it's the equivalent of that is learning how to code now and learning how to write apps and services and things like that and, and the ipad should be touting that the fact that you still can't uh, compile code on the iPad, I think is stupid. Um, 
I, I think that's the dumbest rule. I'm hoping third-party app stores and stuff like that help with that. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Well, that's another big one that actually should be coming, really. We'd forgotten all about that. It's not just the iPhone. We should yeah. be getting these third-party app stores um, and, and side-loading on the iPad. So this is really going to unlock a, a crazy new world of really what the iPad should be able to do. And that's this year. Yep. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> it's I mean, been on the forefront of my mind because I'm like, what is this going to enable? How far will developers be able to take this? And how the other thing is, how far will developers want to take it? Like, how many people are actually going to go out and install a third party app store unless there's like a major hit app? that like really gets people to drive to go to go and download that i can see something like i know microsoft announced the other day that they are working on an app store for their game pass deal that's something i would go and download day one absolutely but how many people would know that's there to go and download that because you know that's not gonna be something apple promotes in the app store right um any other thing before we move on? Because I do want to spend the last like 15 minutes talking about the future of the iPad with 2023 and 2024. Is there anything else you guys um, wanted to highlight for iPad OS 17? I would really love to see spotlight extensions, like Raycast extensions. It's not going to happen, but uh, okay. it's something yeah. I've been putting out there. That would be yeah, nice. It, yeah. The, let third-party apps write, you know, extensions. So let me, you know, have things, the app things, uh, create a new task from Spotlight. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, this this needs this needs to happen. I got into using Alfred this year, um, yeah. and it has just changed everything for me. And when I go back to the iPad now, it is the thing that feels most sorely missing. Weirdly, it's not even the multitasking that gets me now. It is the lack of decent uh launcher apps and even just quick actions i can settle for the things three quick actions give me a quick action and i will be happy do you think it's possible that alfred creators could make a ios and ipad os into like their own app store like not something that obviously apple wouldn't allow that i don't know if the device itself would allow that but if they can figure out a way to manipulate it um and then sell it on their own app store i think I think the trick would be getting system-wide keyboard shortcuts to work outside of when their app isn't in the foreground. I think yeah. that would be the trick. Because, yeah, I, I mean, obviously the there's way. a reason why they haven't jumped in on that, and it would be nice, though. Yeah. Or just make Spotlight better. I don't know. Just buy Alfred. Why are they not acquiring Alfred? Just buy Alfred. <laughs> it can't possibly cost you that much at this point. Huh? Yeah. It would even be kind of great on the iPhone. I know you wouldn't have keyboard shortcuts necessarily, but a more powerful launcher would be really oh, useful. Had, um, you know, a central place. I've had this idea for last couple of weeks now that like the future of Spotlight needs to be Spotlight, Siri, and AI and shortcuts all mixed together, and like that needs to be like the future of Spotlight, and like let apps write extensions for that and all that stuff. So. I, I don't think it's going to happen with iOS 17 or iPadOS 17, but hey, it's maybe an iPadOS 20 thing. Who knows? Well, uh, maybe it'll come with next year's iPads, which are supposed to be better than this year's iPads. Hartley, what are we expecting to see in 2023? I can guess that your answers aren't going to be well. very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we're, we are expecting more than usual for 2023's iPads, oh. um, which I think is quite exciting um, because 
the iPad Pro was last redesigned in 2018, and it's been pretty much untouched since that point. I know we got the M1 chip, uh, but you know, hardware-wise, this is basically the same thing. It got a LiDAR scanner. It got Thunderbolt. This is all nice, but we're not talking serious redesign stuff here. So the big things that we are looking at is larger displays in the same sized chassis, which would be smaller bezels. So we're going to 11.1 and 13 inches. A um, little bit extra display area. And uh, OLED displays, which is something that on both models as well, not just the, the larger one, which is something that I wanted Wait, wait, years. wait. Isn't this for 2024, um, though? No, this is, uh, well, th yeah, so this is next year. So okay. we're talking, it's, it's, it, the timing isn't entirely clear, um, but it's looking unlikely that that is going to be, uh, it, it's unlikely that it will be this year, at least. So we're talking late 2023, early 2024. Um, so you're, so and, you're saying that there's not going to be an iPad Pro at all until this next one? Yeah, so it, okay. it, that's the thing Just is to clear Apple, things up. There, it looked like there, yeah, there was a window when maybe there could have been um, uh, an iPad Pro this year, but it it's it just depends because there's a lot of new technology going into this new iPad. These OLED displays are very expensive and they are hard to manufacture because of their size. Um, and we know that Apple was planning to bring things like. Uh, reverse reverse wireless charging and wireless charging to the M2 iPad Pros. So that stuff didn't make the final cut, which is why the M2 iPad Pros kind of seem a little half-baked, a little unfinished, and it looks like they reverted to doing something else. Um, so yeah, it's realistically going to be 2024, I think. Um, and yeah, so wireless charging is the other one, and maybe uh, other than the M3 chip uh, on 3 nanometer, the other feature could be moving things to a landscape uh, design, a bit like the ninth generation iPad and putting the webcam in the center and even maybe moving the Apple logo on the back. So you um, think the Apple logo could actually do, well, like maybe for the pros, but like, I don't know, you think the mini would, would make that move too? I feel like that would look so weird. Oh, I don't know. No, no. I mean, basically the thing that, it, it looks like the next iPads in terms of iPad mini and iPad Air, uh, the entry level iPad, they're going to just be chip, uh, bump yeah. uh, sort of updates and maybe slight camera upgrades. But the real big thing is the iPad Pros. That's really what I'm excited about. So yeah, the iPad Pro is where most of these features are going to be taking place. Um, and I, I, the camera, I understand that it, it takes a little bit more work than what they did with the, the ninth gen or the 10th gen iPad, um, where they moved it to horizontal because they got to move the, uh, the dock for the Apple Pencil, Apple Pencil yeah. all of those components. Uh, but it probably isn't that hard to do. I'm not an engineer, so I'm sure everyone who has worked in any kind of form well, if the, if the pencil slaps on in laughing, a different place, yeah, just put it on the left that side. That would do it. Just put it on the left side. You don't. Yeah. You know? Well, the speakers are there. That that would be a problem. Just put it on the. I don't know. Figure it out. That's why yeah. you get paid a lot of money. That, <laughs> I, yeah, that that's always been my thought process. It's yeah. like I'll come up with ideas. It's Apple's job. They're they're the engineers. I'm just the idea guy, and I'm not even their idea guy. I'm the internet's idea guy. <laughs> yeah, I refuse to believe that they can't figure it out. So yeah, um, but it makes the most sense for that camera to be horizontal for sure, since we are primarily using it in that uh, way. Um, so OLED screens, 11 and 14 inch. I would like to see the reverse wireless charging. I mean, that's a lot for the next iPad. That would be really cool. 
Um, do you have any wish list items for the next one? Uh, I have a couple. Um, Go for big it. Big thing. Big thing. I well, one. I want a bigger iPad. I want like a 15 inch iPad Pro. Uh, okay. Especially if they do bring Final Cut to the the iPad, I would love a 15 inch iPad Pro. Um, a matte screen option. Something. Uh, so like, I love. Uh, they're a sponsor of mine, but I actually really love this product. But the paper like. It's a matte screen protector. It gives you like this nice textured feeling when using the Apple Pencil. I really like that. I don't see why Apple couldn't bake that into the iPad and just kind of like, you know, make that work together. I don't know. I'm not an engineer, like I've said. Like a nano, uh, like textured display. Yeah. Make it give more that matte. feeling. Yeah. Because yeah, that plastic on glass feeling with the Apple Pencil, I hate that. I refuse to use an Apple Pencil without the paper light because I just hate that. that and it makes that squeaking sound and... I, it's like nails on chalkboard to me. So I refuse. Uh, yeah. Uh, more ports. I want a second Thunderbolt port. Uh, that was a rumor for a while, right, Hartley? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it would make sense. I thought I saw, I thought there was a rumor that there was going to be two Thunderbolt ports or two USB-C ports. Oh, there was a rumor about like a, a, a new connector of some kind, but we didn't know okay. if it was Thunderbolt. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. I just assumed yeah, that was another rumor. port. Yeah, another another port would be nice. Um, iPad Pros with color. I'm so sick of silver and space gray. No, that's that's not going to happen. Do not. It's never. Do not get it, the color thing going. Do not. I want a midnight iPad Pro. I want a dark <laughs> blue nice. iPad Pro or in uh, like a burnt orange iPad Pro. Either one. Hell I'll yeah. Take either one. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be awesome. And then the other thing that I want. It's not really iPad Pro specific, but the Magic Keyboard. Um, I've worn one out. I'm actually on my second Magic Keyboard, and it just turned three. So, hey, happy yeah. birthday! Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I just, I just wore, I wore, I wore one out like last year. Um, so Magic Keyboard redesign. I would love it if it had like the MacBook Pro style switches, because uh, I'd really like the new MacBook Pro's keyboard. Not a huge fan of the iPad Pros. It, it needs new material too. I do yeah. not like the case yeah. material you know who who nailed it microsoft the alcantara like suede feeling that they had oh yeah. yeah i know those are two different types of materials but either one would be fine with me the, um, the problem with the suede one so back in my it days i had one of those services with with that suede it got dirty really easily it so does this white dirty. one though yeah yeah it's it just there, there's got to be like uh, I don't, I almost don't want to say make it aluminum or something like, but Ooh. what they could do is they could move the smart connector to the bottom like it used to be and do the old school Surface Pro style thing where it docks and like it becomes a traditional laptop. So now you have space for a bigger trackpad, uh, more, uh, you know, proper keyboard um, with, you know, good switches. Maybe you could put an extra battery in there if you had like the, the space for it, um, function row things like that just rip off the surface book that was such a good product except the except the kickstand no kickstand i am so against kickstands no, so if you, if you rip off the surface book kickstand. the hinge was so strong that it was able to yeah yeah that one yes yes that that one yes i'm totally with you but the regular surface with the no, kickstand no. and stuff like no 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 hate kickstands no kickstands well I, i'm sorry to break it to you but apple is looking at carbon fiber kickstands uh, for, for next generation devices maybe well, not hey, this ipad but it's it's in the works then make a carbon fiber matching keyboard too because that'd be cool yeah that's a good material uh, for it, actually that is yeah. that's a great material yeah, and then it stays light, light. Yeah. yep 
Um, I'm okay with all of this. Hartley, do you have any wish list items for the next iPad? Uh, oh, that's, I, I'm not sure. I think for me, uh, I'm really interested in the thickness and the weight um, because it's just, I have the 12.9-inch uh, iPad Pro, and it just it's not so much the, 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 the footprint of it that gets me. It's something about the thickness. It does not feel um, as thin as it should be, which I know is a bizarre thing to be saying about an Apple product in 2023. Um, but it, it's there's something about it where I've used some e-ink uh, tablets, like the, the Remarkable and uh, some books tablets, and those things are like four or five millimeters thick, and they feel so much better in the hand to use as a tablet, even if they are large. Um, and I just think the iPad does just need to have one or two millimeters shaved off it. I think it actually is a device that would benefit from it. Um, I don't know how that would work in terms of uh, durability, but maybe we could get that titanium frame uh, from the iPhone 15 Pro over on the iPad Pro, and maybe that would, uh, maybe that would deal with that. Are people really dropping the iPad Pro that much, though? I would imagine most people have it docked. Well, I was thinking more in terms of, like, bending. Yeah, there was that thing. Yeah. Damn bending. I've never once bent bent an iPad. I don't don't know how these people are bending iPads. I've never... I I can't tell you how many of these... Well, I've owned every single one of them since the original iPad Pro and never have had one bent. So I'm not sure how that, how that happens, but not without purposefully uh, trying to bend it. Can I see how you would? Yeah. 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 Like, like if you sat on it or if you were rough with it and like, I'm not gentle with my computers. Like I use them. I throw them in my backpack. Like my iPad, when I go hiking and stuff like that, my iPad comes with me and stuff. So I don't really see how they bend. (laughs) I'm super gentle, so I have no way to tell about anything. Like, if I get one tiny little scratch, I'm like, should I sell this and get another one? Because I can't, <laughs> I can't look, I can't look at it. I have a problem. <laughs> My devices definitely have well, wear and tear on them, but they they're not bent or cracked or anything like that. That's good. I think the the. The interesting thing is the OLED panels that they're supposed to be using are supposed to enable thinner designs um, with the design of the OLED stack. Um, apparently means that the the sort of the display components overall are thinner, which would allow for a thinner design. But the OLED displays are also more fragile. Um, and if you uh, bear in mind that if they do shave a few millimeters off the actual thickness of the whole iPad, it will bend more easily. It could be the mm-hmm. case that you put it in like a packed bag and just the weight of the bag is starting to bend that just because of how thin it is at that point. Um, I don't know whether that's something that happens with these sort of e-ink tablets that can get to those sorts of thicknesses, um, but that's definitely something I would really like to see, and I'm interested to see just how thin they actually go. With the OLED screens, would they be able to make the screen brighter, or is that not? It would it be about the same as the mini LED ones? I would have thought that it, it enables... Uh, better brightness as well nice um, brightness I, and I oled that, don't usually go together but there are some some things like samsung has figured out a way for its tvs to be that, pretty bright yeah because the new c3 i uh tv is supposed to be very bright and that's what i was kind of curious about is because no. the the ipad screen indoors plenty bright enough it's when i go and work outside where it's just not quite bright enough where i'd like to see it get a little brighter 
it, the display technology that they're using in this two-stack OLED process has been in development for, for years. And I believe it's coming from LG as well. They've co-engineered it with LG. Um, and it is a it is a next generation OLED technology. So it is not equivalent to existing OLED solutions. So it should be providing, that's why it should be providing things like um, uh, thinner designs, better durability, um, and uh, uh, brightness as well, and uh, dynamic nice. range, contrast. These things should, I mean, contrast obviously with OLED, but there should be enhancements over the mini LED offering, especially if they're bringing it to the both iPads. They're going to make a big deal out of this. Um, I mean, this will be the biggest OLED device Apple's done. It's only, I mean, OLED isn't even available on the Mac. Oh, Not yeah. yet. Yeah, well, that will also be something for next year. Apparently, yeah. next year will be the year of the year of OLED. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ready to just like skip over this year. I know like the headset's supposed to come out this year, and I'm very excited for <laughs> I was that. I say, we've been waiting so I, long for this headset. Don't skip over I, it now. I, I, I'm, I know, but like, like the stuff I typically cover, like nothing's yeah. happening this year. So I'm like, I'm just ready to skip this year and move on to next year. <laughs> Yeah, you think your your audience wouldn't be interested though? I feel like at this point I, you could probably do anything Apple related and then still focus primarily on iPad stuff and productivity and still be good, right? Yeah, I I think I think there's definitely an interest in the headset. It it's going to come down to how Apple promotes it, but if it if the rumors are true and it's truly a $3,000 headset, I don't think it's going to be as popular uh this time around is maybe the the cheaper sure. one that's supposed to come out in a couple of years or next year or whatever that is. I forget the rumor, but um, I I think it'll be interesting. I will buy one. I just got the PSVR two, uh, and that completely put me over the hill. Like I am a full on VR headset believer now. Uh, it's absolutely amazing and stunning, and I'm very curious to see what Apple can do with it. The thing that worries me about that uh, is they're not doing controllers, or supposedly there's not going to be any hand controllers, and I'm like, how is that going to work with games? Or are they, do, are they not seeing this as a gaming device, which would be wild? I don't think it's going to be the primary function like others. That's wild yeah. to me. That's such a, uh, yeah. that's like the biggest, best thing that you can use VR for right now. And not until Apple tells you what's the next biggest and best thing. I, I, I can tell you right now, there's no way I would wear a headset to be in a virtual meeting. There, there's not a chance I would ever do that. And if that's the, their big tout, I'm going to be like, okie dokie, this isn't for me. I can't wait to clip this. And then, <laughs> and then next year when you're on like a podcast and we're all wearing the damn headset. Like, <laughs> oh, I would do it to, for a test. I would absolutely do it for a test. And if I was guesting on a podcast and they asked me to do it, I would do it. But I don't think I would ever schedule a meeting with people I work with and be like, okay, let's all put on our headsets. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that either, but who yeah. knows? They, they've got to really demonstrate a, a serious use case for this device. I mean, this is the thing that we've talked about, and it's even stranger since the whole gaming element really seems to have faded. It just seems to be uh, video and communication, which it's, I, it's not enough for me. I, I'm not going to sit there and watch a two-hour movie with that thing on anyways. No. Like, it, it's no. just not... I don't know. I mean, that's why it, like 3D TVs never took off because no one was going to sit there with 3D glasses on and watch a movie. So hear me out. If content is created specifically 
for the headset and the like experience is unlike anything that you've can experience like makes basically like a mini IMAX theater in your house and like the the audio is good somehow or maybe you know obviously if you have AirPods Max or you know if they can put all of its existing technologies and if it was comfortable and didn't make me sick after 30 minutes I think I could totally see myself watching a movie in that if it's like you know purposefully made for that like shot for IMAX now shot for reality pro or whatever we're calling it i could see that i i i've definitely come around to spatial audio as a thing and obviously that's going to be a big portion of the headset like that is like i think they will be touting spatial audio and like you should use your airpods with this to really get the full experience um i got to go so there's that new mercedes car that has spatial audio built into it uh, i actually got to go sit in and, and listen to some songs and stuff and uh, after that, I became a spatial audio believer. So if they can like tie that whole experience into it and like, like this is like movie theater level experience. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Nice. I agree. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to add? Cause we're just about at time here. So, well, I have one last thing I really wanted to ask Chris about, Okay, which was, uh, one of the most controversial rumors about these next generation iPad Pros, which is the price increases. Because <laughs> these are not little price increases. It's rumored that it will be $1,500 for the 11 inch model and $1,800 for the 13 inch model. That's too insane. much. And, and that's the starting price, I'm guessing. So that's going to be yep. what, 256 gigs of storage? That's way too much. Uh, even I. Uh, as somebody that loves the iPad would be extremely hesitant to pay that. And I don't have the 256. Well, I, well right now, I, the iPad Pro I have is the 12.9 inch M1 2 terabyte one because I bought that when I was still editing video on the iPad. Um, and I couldn't even imagine what the two terabyte price is going to be. It's going to be close to three grand, if not three grand, if those rumors, like, if those rumors end up being true. So I'm not super thrilled about that. <laughs> That's big. It's oof. too much. It's too much uh, for a device that is not as that that is not hardware wise is as powerful as a MacBook Air, but software wise can't even do the same stuff as a MacBook Air, which is a lot less of price. Especially factoring in that eighteen hundred dollars for a twelve point nine inch one is not going to come with a keyboard. Uh, so there's another three hundred and fifty dollars right there if they don't increase the price of the keyboard. Uh, that's that's over two grand for a computer that doesn't even have Apple's pro suites of software on there that has a compromised multitasking system that doesn't allow you to install apps that change the system like Alfred, like what we were talking about earlier and stuff like that. I think if those rumors are true, this will break the iPad. Why? Wow. Uh, that's some big stuff right there. I, I, yeah. I, I kind of agree, honestly. Like that's... I would just say get a Mac at that point. I don't care yeah. if it's touch. Oh, I, I, I don't care. You could get a really good Mac for that amount of money with that. Yeah. That's for for $2,000, you can get a good MacBook Pro. Yeah. Not even a MacBook Air, a good MacBook Pro. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Did you get a Mac Studio for $19.99? I think so. But you would need to get a, a display and keyboard sure, and all but that that's, stuff. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, you could use your TV until you have more money to buy a display. I mean, that's true. Yeah. 
insane. Yeah, but yeah, that's wild. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up on a, such a wonderful note. Price increases. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite way to wrap up a show. Just to get everybody upset while they're in their cars or however they're listening to it. But Chris, dude, thank you so much for joining us. Um, now's your chance to plug. If for those of you who don't you know, know where to find your stuff, um, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Christopher Lolly, L-A-W-L-A-Y. Or you can just go to theuntitled.site. Uh, all the links to all my stuff are there, including YouTube. Uh, so you can check all that stuff out. So thank you guys so much for having me on. I had a lot, ton of fun talking about the iPad and iPhone and the future. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 